0: Peace, Ty.
1: Hi, folks.
0: Welcome to Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 2, one minute at a time. I'm Condra
1: And my name is Tyler.
0: And today we're talking about Minute 40 of High School Musical 2. Minute 40 starts out with Fulton clearing his throat and ends with Sharpay saying to Troy that this shirt positively screams for a Windsor knot.
1: Wow. I can't wait to talk about that, but let's start... <laughs> Yeah,
0: let's put that off and talk about Fulton more.
1: Yeah, I mean, he really just finishes his line and he says chop, "chop chop," and then the the minute cuts. It's yeah.
0: it's a non a non enthusiastic way too. Like we've heard him say "chop chop" aggressively or like enthusiastically before, and this is like a kind of sad "chop chop" just to Troy. <laughs>
1: Well, in the previous minute, he actually said that Troy has five minutes to get changed. So my question is, do you think Troy can get changed in five minutes?
0: Clearly not, because we see him walking in late.
1: (laughs) Well, I don't know if it's necessarily late. Like the Evanses might have already been dining with their friends. And the plan was probably to insert Troy in the middle regardless.
0: But like Chad and Jason are not ready yet either. And then are out on the floor like...
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man.
0: Maybe you're right. maybe, maybe he you're had right, him yeah. like ready at the start of dinner, but like waited for the signal. And Mister Bolton like waved over Fulton, and he's like, "All right, it's your turn." And then like walks him over.
1: Mister Evans Mr. waved e- over Fulton. Yeah, or Sharpay yeah. waved over Fulton. Well,
0: um. Well, I think to some extent it would be Mister Evans because he introduces him to Peter and Claire. <laughs> we'll get there.
1: But
0: it's like, because even though he's like in the middle, maybe it is Sharpay because Mr. Evans is in the middle of a apparently hilarious story about one time when Mrs. Evans stepped on a (laughs) ball.
1: Yeah, I love when you um, enter a scene and you're getting the end of a joke banter for which you didn't get the setup. It's great.
0: I would say the most iconic one of those is the Drake and Josh. What? That really, like, famous one from Drake and Josh when Drake is, like, telling this story about, like, his pants are down, he's locked in a bathroom, and there's, like, a dog. You know the one at the oh, movie I, theater? like
1: I don't remember. I like the one in Men in Black where it's Tommy Lee Jones telling a joke, and you're like, this is really out of left fields for Tommy Lee Jones in any movie to be telling a joke. Yeah. <laughs> and laughing. <laughs> Um, We we also skip past the um, opening shot of the dining room scene, which is Kelsey sitting at the piano playing mood music, not new music.
0: Are you going to have to say that every time?
1: Yeah, I think it's a good thing that like every time you talk, like every time you see Kelsey playing mood music, you clarify that it's not new music.
0: I still think it would be funny if she like started quietly doing a slowed down version of (laughs) Bad Day. Like that would be (laughs) hilarious.
1: so one time, one of the two saxophone gigs I've played in my life, we played at this like charity event for like a church that was trying to reopen. But it wasn't like wasn't like some like grassroots thing. It was like a bunch of rich people like doing a thing in a church. And we were basically just like supposed to play music while a bunch of people ate dinner at these tables in the middle of a church. And so we, we were just kind of playing random music, not really playing like any jazz songs or popular songs but one of the songs we played was eleanor rigby because like that's like a, a song that like sounds good mm-hmm. and people people like actually like stopped to listen. they were like oh eleanor rigby a song that could get played in the church and they clapped when we were done <laughs> Nice. <laughs> we were like oh okay and then towards the end of our set we, we, we did play like one or two jazz songs and people actually liked it because they had kind of finished eating and were kind of looking for something to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway.
0: I, I looked uh, up the Drake and Josh joke.
1: Okay. Or it's not
0: a joke, but it's like the end of a story that you, like, don't hear all of. And it yeah. ends with, or the the scene has you pick up with, so my foot's totally stuck in there, right? I'm freaking out, the dog's having a seizure, and I still got half a pie left.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I like how it's basically just become like a thing that writers do where they just like see what the funniest version of <laughs> the end of a joke is.
0: <laughs> or like mid-story that is so yeah. Unbelie- like unbelievable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so, um,
0: yeah, apparently it's hilarious that Mrs. Evans stepped on a ball.
1: Well, is it it's a basketball? Is ball? The joke is that like... Mr. Evans likes to tell this story and e- Mrs. Evans likes to deny that it ever happened. Like that's the banter.
0: Yeah. At least it's not as demeaning.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just I just really wanted to emphasize how much I hate Kelsey's hat and d- little dress outfit. Is it's a dress, right?
0: No, it's a two-piece. It's two pieces. We saw okay. that in the last minute. If you'd have listened I, to me last minute,
1: <laughs> you would have heard. I that. listened to you, I just still didn't see it in the first minute. It's not a flattering angle that Kelsey gets and she like looks weird in the angle, and just the hat does not go with the outfit. Like
0: No, that is really I, I would agree with you there. The hat is a lime green with black plaid and she is wearing all
1: white. She's in like an Easter outfit and she's wearing like this.
0: Yeah. It's a look. We'll say that.
1: <laughs> uh, she's wearing a hat in the dining room. Ryan's wearing a hat in the dining room. No what respect.
0: Is, what is this?
1: These kids these days.
0: Got no respect. Wearing their hats <laughs> everywhere. They're wearing them off at angles. <laughs> Regardless of how many times you straighten it out. Um, so Speaking
1: of um, of a father trying to straighten out his son. We get Troy introduced into this setting. Mr. Evans says, "Here's our superstar." Introduces Troy to Peter and Claire.
0: <laughs> no last names. Peter, <laughs> Claire.
1: Yeah, that's that was weird. It's like this, Mr. Evans is the type of the guy, type of guy who would say Peter's last name. Oh,
0: a hundred percent. Especially if this is like someone Troy should know in the future, or should probably be addressing him by his last name.
1: Yeah. He wouldn't say Claire's last name. But he would say Peter's last
0: name. Oh, 100%. Name. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Zach Efron gave a li- great line delivery when he was shaking Peter's hand. He goes, Peter. <laughs> yeah. Well, what else do you do?
0: <laughs> it's like, and he says, like, nice to meet you to Claire, but like, it's so weird.
1: <laughs> but, and he did this a couple minutes ago with, with, with the golf thing, too, when... Sharpay said, or no, it was when Miss Evans greeted him and said, Ashante and he said, amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's, I just feel like Troy is being thrown into situations that would be uncomfortable for a 16, 17-year-old boy, and Zac Efron is playing some of that awkwardness very well.
1: Yeah, it really feels... Like, he's nailing the character in this movie, like, so well, of the sort of, like, teenager who is freaked out about college, wants to spend time with his girlfriend, is having fun with his best friend, is trying to work a job. Like, he's definitely the one acting his butt off among a crowd of, like, very talented performers, but, like, he's still the center of this through and through.
0: Absolutely. And... It's also, like, getting back to Mr. Evans, though, he's like, I bet you're hungry because you were dragging my bag around all day. Like, again, the power dynamic here is so, like, striking, and Troy's in a full getup, and, like, Mr. Evans is not wearing a tie.
1: Yeah, well, I did, wa- did want to ask you if you thought Mr. Evans' shirt was as ugly as I thought it was.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sharpay's outfit, I, I'm not crazy about either. It looks like she's wearing a gold lemay bikini under a dress.
1: Yeah, that's what I was confused about. I was like, is she a Bond girl now? Like, what?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's... People have got looks. At least Troy's got, like, the right colors on for him-ish. Like, it matches his eyes, so the blues work for him. I don't him. know.
1: He's got his tie in the completely wrong knot, though. <sighs> <laughs> no. Um, so... Mr. Evans has uh, like he's Mr. Evans sets Troy up for this kind of weird thing because he says, oh, you must be hungry. Like, what is Troy supposed to say? Like, oh, I'm starving and then like take a big bite of a turkey leg like that would be rude. But he's all like they also clearly want him to eat with them. So he does. The only thing he could say is like, well, I guess I'm hungry. Like, I I guess I'll sit down and join you.
0: Yeah. Like he's being forced into the situation. And he's not getting paid for it in the way, like, the caddying. What like?
1: I don't the- know. Is he getting paid? This was the other thing I wanted to ask. Is Troy still on the clock?
0: I mean, the way Fulton never told him to clock out, like, he has uh, at other times, like, so... He- Did
1: Troy accidentally become a male escort for an evening? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that the question we're asking right now?
1: <laughs> Apparently. <laughs>
0: But instead of being, like, uh, having a fun conversation, Troy is instead having to face his future. Because <laughs> Mr. Evans is like, let's talk about your future while we wait for dinner. And Troy's dr- yeah. the dread on his face is so perfect. It's, again, one of those <laughs> acting moments that just Zach Efron nails.
1: And speaking of acting, and I guess this, this will also be credit to the director slash editor, we get this shot of Ryan... Sitting at the other side of the table, like, clearly bummed and not really feeling good about himself. Like, his father's kind of replacing him at the dinner table with Troy. Yeah. Who's sort of this more traditionally masculine fit. And Ryan probably feels excluded.
0: Yeah. Also, like, to some extent, I'm sure Ryan is annoyed at his sister. Like it's like really you got to do this at dinner too i'm sick of hearing about this now he has to be here at dinner
1: yeah that's that's a good point too is like it's it's about ryan's relationship with his father but it's sharpay's the one who's actively doing the damage here mr evans is a is a static character like like he's gonna be the way he is sharpay's the one that should have the empathy for her brother
0: and I mean we've seen time and time again, Sharpay just does not. She doesn't <laughs> care heads or tails about Ryan. Like
1: Yeah. I want that I want that Ryan arc of like him overcoming his sister. Not that I have a complex about brothers overcoming sisters. It's just Wow. Like literally <laughs> literally in this context, like
0: We want Ryan to do better than his sister.
1: Yeah. We we get some sharpay position. Ah Um
0: Sharpex position? The Sharpay yeah, but then expo.
1: It, yeah. She, she's a
0: convention.
1: <laughs> sharpay whispers to Troy that uh, daddy is on the board of directors please, please, for the University call him of Mr. Albuquerque. Evans. <laughs> I was I there was a quotation mark before oh, okay. I said that.
0: Okay. Yeah, de- so, yeah, Mr. Evans is on the board of directors for the University of Albuquerque.
1: The, the You know, the university that closed 20 years previously.
0: It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, it's... But still, the board of directors has nothing to do with the admissions process.
1: That's what you think. <laughs> I... Look, if the board of directors makes up their mind on something, it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, but
1: it's all politics, Condra. I
0: know it is. It's all who knows who. I know it is. It's why I didn't get onto the softball team at my undergrad. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. Um, but
1: but yeah, they're talking about Troy's season.
0: And Peter saw the championship game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Does he live in Albuquerque? Like.
1: Yeah, we need more information on Peter. Come on, movie. Who's Peter? We, we don't
0: even have... I couldn't even look him up. I have two potentials that he could be, but I think it's act, those are both characters that are later on in the movie. So I can't even say who the actor Wait, is. Wait, are there
1: more Peters in this movie?
0: It's not... Well, no. It's like a... It says college booster.
1: Yeah, but wouldn't there be a guy named Peter in the credits? There isn't. What the heck?
0: And forget about Claire. You get, like, a half a shot of her.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because when they introduce Claire, it, like, weirdly cuts over to Mrs. Evans, who says hi instead.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Claire's like in half a like when Peter is saying that he saw the championship game. We see Claire like kind of in frame, and then she like ducks out again. Like, is this just like someone's partner that did not want to be there, and they were like, "Guess what? You're gonna be in this scene."
1: So yeah, they're talking about the big game and how Troy made the buzzer-beating shot
0: and Troy this is, and that. Yeah, and Troy is like, "No, but it was my teammates who are actively serving us right now."
1: Which is, yeah, weird, like, it's just so weird. Yeah, Jason like, and Chad
0: tra- are bending over the table to put plates down and take plates away.
1: I mean, credit to Troy for, like, both being cognizant of, like, I think he would have said this anyway, even if his teammates weren't oh, literally absolutely. standing right there. Uh, which is big ups to, big ups to Troy. Like, so he knows how to do, like, the interview politics.
0: He's, he's a captain <laughs> through and through. He's about the team.
1: Yeah, but, like, having Jason, like, Jason's, like, his eyes widen, like, oh, yeah, like, Troy's got my back, but Chad is kind of still looking on Skeptical. But Sharpay's also, like, adjusting her her body to, like, exclude Chad from entering into the space.
0: Yeah, she, like, hands him her plate and then, like, slides over towards Troy. So she can brag about he was the MVP of the whole league.
1: Yeah, the whole season? Oh, the whole season, Yeah. I guess they do that for high school but like and that and I, honestly that's actually a better like claim for why Troy should be going to the University of Albuquerque than he made a bu- buzzer beating shot which like takes nerves of steel or whatever but like it's at the end of the game at, at the end of the day it's two points on the stat line not like anything major yeah like they could have said, oh, you scored 30 points that game. And then we could have been like, wow.
0: Yeah, I think that would have been more impressive than like the, the final moment, which was the only moment of the game we saw. So that might be why.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Remember <laughs> how that whole movie built up to the game and then we just saw the last 12 seconds of it?
0: Yeah, I do actually. Weird.
1: Oh, I was going to say, why did why did Troy say stole the ball so weird?
0: I'm sure he's nervous right now,
1: Tyler. (laughs) No, he kind of just said it in a fun delivery way, but I I just wanted to point it out because I liked it.
0: I was also thinking that Sharpay, when she's bragging about Troy being the MVP of the whole season, she looks to the other half of the table like Claire, her mom and Ryan care (laughs) when they very clearly do not.
1: Well, MVP of the whole season is quite the claim to fame, Condra. Doesn't but matter Brian if you care about sports care. or not. <laughs> MVP of the whole season.
0: She just is getting the spotlight on her because she's refocusing the co- like very it very well could be Claire and Mrs. Evans are talking right now.
1: Oh, yeah, there's two conversations happening at this table. <laughs> it's split. Yeah. One side of the table is talking about yoga? I was going to I was going to Say something more like uh, more like a, a pyramid scheme that Mrs. Evans would be involved in, although she's probably too rich to be involved in selling lotion or Tupperware. Not that. Yeah, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I was also thinking, like, could they be talking about the new avoca- uh, guacamole face
1: <laughs> facials? So it's something shallow they're talking about.
0: My guess. Well, that's what Mrs. Evans is talking about. Claire could be wanting to have a deep a deep philosophical <laughs> yeah. conversation with Ryan and just Mrs. Evans is Claire, not having it.
1: Claire is a deep, thoughtful person. If only she got any screen time or character development. <laughs> My OTP, Peter and Claire. <laughs> <laughs> every time i
0: hear their names together it sounds so absurd
1: <laughs> they're definitely white
0: no claire's what? not
1: oh wow i like i said i didn't even see claire so
0: <laughs> claire is not
1: she's okay. not credited
0: either so i can't even get close <laughs> to who she is <laughs> uh,
1: what about peter paul and mary yeah. Anyway,
0: <laughs> I, I didn't know what to say to that. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I again, I'm just saying things. Well, do you, <laughs> you want to say?
0: Do you want to say things in regards to a Disney Channel original movie?
1: <laughs> yeah. On, I, I, I guess I said in the previous minute that we were going to spend time kind of figuring out like what Sharpay's deal is with this whole like college plan, but it's really just like, oh, I'll ingratiate Troy to my dad and his like college buddies and then they'll like Troy and then he'll get into the college and then my life will be good because Troy will like me.
0: This conversation also continues into the next minute so we can try and. So let's, let's just push it it again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) When something significant actually happens that affects our characters emotionally, then we'll talk about it. But until then.
0: Let's talk about a Disney Channel original movie. (laughs) Yeah. That's not um, High School so, Musical, too.
1: Yeah, so yeah, for our decom segment, sometimes we talk about actual decoms that exist. Sometimes we do like little games around decoms. Sometimes we try to pitch new decoms. Today, I've got something similar to what we've done before, but a, a twist on it that I think will work, or a wrinkle on it that I think will, will work.
0: Am I getting to talk about Wrinkle in Time, one of my favorite books ever? <laughs>
1: Well, you wish you were talking about A Wrinkle in Time.
0: Aww. So
1: in 2003, Disney, the Disney company made an ABC TV movie adaptation of the novel A Wrinkle in Time by Madeline Langle.
0: I own it. I love that movie. I find it better what, than the new version.
1: What this game presupposes is what if they made a sequel to that movie that was a DCOM and you had to describe it?
0: <laughs> Swiftly Tilting Planet?
1: Um, the actual so,
0: sequel to the.
1: Do what, you want me doing wait, a,
0: the actual sequel to Wrinkle in Time? A swiftly did they
1: make us. Did they make a a sequel to that movie? Is that what you're referring to? Or n-
0: no, there's an actual book sequel to Wrinkle in Time. There's actually five in the series about yes a, a, about Megan Calvin's families. And the second I'm aware one is, of this. Oh, okay. Um, they didn't actually make a movie. Okay. But I was just excited to, to get to talk about Swiftly Tilted yes. Planet. Yes.
1: Yes, but here's the thing. You're not you're not at, you're not adapting just the next one. You have been tasked with doing any and all sequels of A Wrinkle in Time, wrapping up the whole story in one movie.
0: <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> so, I I'm not I'm not asking you so if you choose to just do it with whatever the plot of the next one is, but it reaches good enough of an arc to be done forever, that that's fine. We don't have time for you to hash out all of the story of all of the sequels of A Wrinkle in Time either. So,
0: okay, I don't know,
1: say some stuff about Wrinkle in Time <laughs> Okay, and then what a sequel would be.
0: So in case you didn't know, A Wrinkle in Time by Madeline Lengel is one of the premier children's fantasy novels, taking the characters Meg, Calvin, and Charles Wallace. Uh, Meg and Charles Wallace are siblings. Calvin lives in an estranged home. Meg and Charles Wallace's father got sucked into another dimension, world. It's not so clearly... It's not like a different universe, necessarily, but it is he he's not anywhere near Earth, and they are visited by these beings, Mrs. Watson, Mrs. Who and Mrs. Which, who help Meg Charles Wallace, and Calvin travel across the universe to rescue Meg and Charles Wallace's father and in what
1: method do they travel across the universe Condra
0: so they tesseract is like a wrinkle in time as Whoa,
1: were. okay, that's that's um, what I was trying to... You were
0: trying to get me to say wrinkle in time. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's using the fifth dimension, basically, to warp through time and space. And they defeat the darkness that is threatening planets all throughout the universe through love. They rescue their father, Calvin and Meg, who are early high school-ish, late middle school, early high school, have somewhat romantic feelings for each other, The father returns much to the joy of the family who has been deeply missing him since he went missing. And Charles Wallace has increased his circle of people he speaks to. And then from there... And that all
1: happens in the first one. And
0: that's the first book and movie. So the next four books, which would then become one movie, are kind of individual (laughs) stories about the many characters in Meg and calvin's family including after they get married their children's stories so um the the next one swiftly tilting planet happens relatively close after the 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 events of wrinkle in time the third book is about the twins uh megan charles wallace's twin brothers um and then the fourth and fifth are about their children and like Charles Wallace turns into Ant, not like Ant-Man, but like the concepts in Ant-Man of like going down to the quantum level. Charles Wallace does that and like explores the microcosm universe in the second one.
1: So of all this sort of <laughs> lore that's presupposed by the sequels, like if you had to pick a direction, what direction <sighs> would you go in?
0: I think what would make most sense is... Based on the characters that were in the in the two thousand three T V film that would then become a decom, I think the best direction would to go would go Parent Trap Two style and <laughs> make it about their kids and take the plots of the fourth and fifth one, which to be honest, I have not read in probably 20 years. So I don't actually know if I can tell you <laughs> what they're about right now. But I think just the general concept that these books do so well is these fantastical creatures exploring these worlds and relationships and family. And maybe they're not exactly duplicating the... It, maybe it's in, in some ways a spin off of the original in that Mrs. What's-It in particular, like, goes back in kind of an a la Peter Pan to return to Neverland and Wendy's <laughs> d- Wendy's child gets taken to Neverland. But, like, Mrs. Watsit comes back needing the support of this fantastic family. And not that Meg and Calvin have lost their spark because that was- Madeline Langle was very adamant, like, Meg has this fantastic spark in her that never diminishes. Yeah,
1: she's no Susan from Narnia. <laughs>
0: Apparently CS Lewis had this whole plot for Susan, like he was going to write another thing about Susan in particular and like her refinding of faith cuz Susan's an allegory for those who have fallen away from faith and just it never happened cuz he died and I always wonder oh, about that's that. That's interesting.
1: That's yeah. interesting that he he had planned redemption for her. He
0: cared about Susan a lot.
1: Not that she was just like, oh, she's a woman, so whatever. No,
0: he really wanted to explore, like, this return to faith through her. But um, we're not talking about C.S. Lewis. We are talking about Madeline Lengel and this fantasy world. So... I think like a a Mrs. Watson, but also I like some of the elements of the swiftly tilting planet. So maybe instead of them traveling planets, they shrink down into this microcosm universe. With instead of the weird like sea creature esque thing that Charles Wallace befriends, it's Mrs. Watson again in another one of her fantastical forms. And they are solving like Charles Wallace has discovered something in all of his intellect. And Meg and Calvin's children are very invested in, like, they're, they they love their uncle very much. And he, like, is concerned something is wrong. And it's not that he goes missing, because I don't want it to be the exact same plot as Wrinkle in Time. <laughs> but, like, something happens to him. And the kids think it's from his research. And it's something that they can't see and they get shrunk down, and they they fight the darkness in this microcosm universe. And Charles Wallace comes back to life, and the family rejoices. So okay, taking so, elements of the second one, but taking the characters from the fourth and fifth one.
1: Okay. Okay. So I guess that's that's all good. I think we've we've gotten enough meat out of this in story like. To, if to try to explain all of the minutia of A Wrinkle in Time would would just be a waste, probably.
0: But if you've never um, read Wrinkle in Time, it's like hundred seventy five pages, maybe. It's a very quick read. There are some really beautiful audio versions of it. I would highly, highly recommend, especially if you're in a fantasy world. She, she, I mean, Madeline Lengel is famous for it and um, should be rightly celebrated as as one of kind of the premiere fantasy authors um and that book is just brilliant for any age it's not just a kid's book it it won the newbery award i think this book has a lot to unpack for any age and it's not just a kid's book i read it every six months
1: that's that's really great what i want to say (laughs) is what about like what do we have some celebrity stunt casting for (sighs) mrs what's it or whoever
0: oh see i was thinking so meg is described as like mouse-ish.
1: So Mickey. No. <laughs> Mickey is Meg.
0: I think Come Emily on. Blunt I know that's a huge ask, but I think Emily Blunt would be a really interesting Meg. And then for like a Mrs. What's It, you want like a very kind, gentle soul. And while my first thought is always Dame Maggie Smith, I don't think she's right for that role. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking like you know who would be interesting, like in an Oct- Octavia Spencer. Spencer. I was thinking Octavia Butler. I'm like, no, that's the other fantasy author. Um, <laughs> but Octavia Spencer might be a really interesting one. I wasn't crazy about Reese Witherspoon being Mrs. What's it. Um
1: Whoever the lady was in the 2003 one was good.
0: Amazing. That was um Alf, Alfie White. I don't know,
1: man. I don't know. Um, I just have vague memories and associations.
0: It is animated so badly in that movie, but it's so 2003 CG animation. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think you could get like a, a big for Meg because Meg's not going to have a big role in kind of the way like you had in that like ghost house move the, the ghost hunter ghost police one. You had like <laughs> um, the the third witch from. The Sanderson sisters, Eric Idle. I, yeah, I think it's a
1: decom. You can get some random celebrities to show and
0: especially because Emily Blunt lately has been really like rocking the Disney products. Like you could pull her in, or I think Amy. I mean, Amy Adams would be always is always a delightful parent figure, but like she doesn't she doesn't match the Meg description. So, and then Rupert Grint would be Calvin.
1: All right, that's pretty good casting. Thank you. Definitely buy him as, like, the aloof scientist who got sucked into an alternate dimension. That's Charles
0: Wallace, Ty. Calvin's the the dad. Oh.
1: Oh, I I was thinking the dad from the original as Rupert Grint.
0: No, I'm talking about Calvin. But uh, but I
1: got my wires crossed. No, yeah. No, Calvin also is just, like, a normie (laughs) who doesn't really know what's going on. Also good Rupert Grint. You get the faces. I know what you mean.
0: Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah, so... Are I, you I can't satisfied?
1: Th- I'm satisfied.
0: I'm good. I, I couldn't think of a Charles Wallace because I think that would need to be a hammier character that I don't know if I could come up with an actor off the top of my head.
1: I mean, you d- that's when you just go with like Jim Parsons or whatever.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, yep. that's what they would do. They <laughs> would. A- anyway, I just wanted to let you talk about A Wrinkle in Time for a couple minutes. Thank
0: you. Is that because I let you talk about Hatchet last week?
1: I mean, you just hadn't gotten to do the, like, book adaptation yet. And That's I, true. That Thank was the you. first one that came to mind. And and then I liked the idea of forcing you to do all the sequels at once.
0: <laughs> Thanks.
1: Okay. Where can people find us on the internet?
0: People can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds.
1: Or me personally, at Tyler Booty, T Y L E R B O U D Y.
0: You can send us an email to AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com.
1: Yeah. Who's your favorite Calvin?
0: Can you cast Charles Wallace? Anyway, <laughs> special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden at G Golden Art on Instagram.
1: And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com.
0: I've been Condra.
1: And I've been Tyler, and we'll catch you next time for when this podcast goes back to being about high school musical again. It's weird how, we're like, three quarters of our time we're a high school musical podcast, and then for about like 15 minutes every week we're not. <laughs> but we'll be back talking about Troy's future. <laughs> You can bet on it.